Welcome, RWC at Home. So good to be with you on this second Sunday, January 9, 2022. So Lord bless you. We're glad you're here. This is a special uh, broadcast because today we're focusing in an emphasis on prayer. Just let me give you a couple of announcements. We are going to be meeting live today, uh, 9 o'clock and 1030. Uh, we're being as careful as we can be. We spray down between the services. We're doing the socially distanced, wearing masks and all of that. And so if you feel comfortable joining us, we would love to have you come and be with us at our physical location here in Roblin. And we wanna thank you as we begin the year again. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for your giving toward the ministries of the church. Many have decided to give through an e-transfer method to roblinwc at gmail.com. Thank you for participating with us that way. Hey, listen, as we start into this time of prayer, when is the last time you had your car aligned? Uh, I didn't even know that the car needed to be aligned until it was, and I was amazed at how smooth everything ran. Some of the shakes and the rattles were gone, that pull that I had to the right was gone, and I just felt at ease. Everything was in alignment. And in some ways, as we enter 2022, we're thinking about spiritual alignment. We're thinking about how do we align ourselves with God? Matthew 6, verse 33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. Seek his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And so we want to do that. And as we seek him, there's an alignment, an integrity he, he, he puts us in a place where we're, we're, we're walking after him. And this, in many ways, it starts as we surrender ourselves to him. And it starts with prayer. And so we want to pray this year. We're going to try to take uh, a Sunday each month and, and focus a little bit more on prayer, both here online and in person. When we pray, we are saying, God, you are bigger. We're saying, God, you are able. We're saying that, God, you are the one that we can put our trust in. And that's what we want to do. So let's put God first in our lives. Let's make prayer part of our lives, bringing ourselves constantly in alignment with him, learning to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Let's allow prayer to be something that we don't just do online or in a live service, but let it become something that happens in our lives, that we quickly give him thanks. We quickly go to him with our requests. We quickly go and fellowship with God in our lives. Let's make prayer part of 2022. So let me pray for you as we just align ourselves with God. Heavenly Father, we need you today. Um, I ask God that you truly would begin this work of alignment of our spirit with your spirit. Help us to put you first in our lives when there's so many things that could so easily take first place. God, I ask that you would guide us even today as we just pray together. There are people watching online from their living rooms or their computer screens or wherever else, but God, you are there with them. So I ask that you'd speak to us, speak through us, Help us to talk to you wherever we are. And uh, may we grow in our love for you and grow in our understanding of what it means to talk to the living God. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, we're going to have some different parts of this in prayer. Uh, Pastor Brock and I'll be sharing this time, and he's going to lead us in a song of praise, and then he'll lead us in our first prayer topic. Thank you, Pastor Bert. My name is Brock. I'm one of the pastors here, and I have a time ahead of us for us today. I will invite you to consider who God is and speak these attributes and titles that come to mind aloud uh, as a means of declaring his greatness and goodness. It's a little different than Thanksgiving, uh, but there's bound to be some crossover, and that's okay. But in our relationship with God, uh, the challenge I present to you this morning is to dote on him, to tell him all the ways he's amazing, to brag on him. It, it might feel a little awkward at first uh, to do so aloud, but expressing our feelings to someone is often awkward. Uh, so fight against this awkwardness and, and say aloud who he is. Uh, just like it's meaningful to express ourselves aloud uh, with our affection to a person, uh, it, it's not the same as doing it quietly or in secret. When you do it publicly, when you do it aloud, it, it seems to solidify something in our hearts and in the relationship. Uh, the, the public vulnerable nature of speaking breaks some of our inhibitions that would hold us back from engaging our hearts. And uh, it's a bit of a weakness in our culture. So I encourage you to seek to overcome that just a little bit here today. Take some courage. It is awkward. That's okay. We're going to worship God because he is worthy. And our expression uh, brings a challenge to those around us. If someone's in earshot, our words make a kind of current of sorts that uh, point to God and maybe pull them along. And they can join in worshiping God who is worthy. Uh, and at this time, uh, I'm just going to keep playing softly and you can speak out praise to who God is. Thanksgiving is our right response to who he is and what he's done. Uh, but it can be hard to get there sometimes if we're thinking on other things. So right now, I invite you to just think on who he is, what he's done, and say that out loud. Uh, just stick to the facts of his awesomeness, his kindness. Take courage, get past the awkwardness, and speak out uh, who is God. And I'll close in prayer. God, we say you are holy, you are good. God, we say that you are awesome. You are the savior of the world. You are the creator of the world. And you are so merciful and kind that you would rescue us. Oh God, you are so just in how you deal with the world. Oh God, you are so patient uh, that you would be so long-suffering to wait all this time. God, you are so wholehearted in the way you engage with the world. 
Father, you are you're so loving and gracious and patient with us. You are a good teacher. You are a good father. And we are so grateful for your love. So God, we say we love you. And we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Bird is going to come and lead us in another prayer topic. Thank you so much, Brock, for leading us in worship like that. God is so good. Hallelujah means to brag in the Lord. And what we're doing is we're bragging on God of who he is and all that he has done. <clears throat> and when we do that, it brings a response to our hearts. And one of the ways that we continue in that alignment with God is through repentance and obedience. When we come into the presence of God, it exposes us. It, uh, it causes us to see ourselves. And God is faithful by his Holy Spirit to put the searchlight of his love on our hearts. And when he does, we often see those areas in our hearts that are not in alignment with God. And so what happens is when we see things that do not look like Christ, when we have come out of alignment because of sin in our life, uh, we've allowed our to ourselves to take our eyes off of God. We've gotten our eyes on the storms in life instead of on him. We come back through repentance. And repentance is a turning. It's me aligning myself with all that is God. I turn away from all that is not God to all that is God. Last summer, we quoted so often the Lord's Prayer and the part that says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when we pray that prayer, it's a prayer, if you will, of repentance. And with that repentance then comes obedience, the turning, the alignment, the renewal of our minds, being transformed and not conformed to the pattern of a world that does not look to God and does not give him his rightful place and give him thanks for who he is. And so what we want to do is we want to pray. We want to align ourselves with God. Then I'm going to lead us in a simple chorus. Change my heart, O God, it in itself is a prayer. And let's pray that prayer with a, a sense that God change me. Uh, constantly turn my heart, uh, turn my affections toward you. We talked last week in service that it's not that our affections are too strong. They're too weak. We're too focused on lesser things. May our affections be on him who is all and does all. And so let me pray. God, we're sorry. We're sorry for the times when we have just lived life in our own design. And we, God, get so focused on life and circumstance. And God, it's almost like the idols of the ancient times we become fixated on things and they become the idols to us instead of you. Forgive us, God. We come in repentance. We humble ourselves before you. We turn from our wicked ways, all that is not you, and we turn to all that is you. You are our king. You are our Lord. And so, God, we want to follow after you with all of our hearts. So teach us what it means, God, to humble ourselves, to walk in repentance, to be quick 
to walk in truth. You said that the truth would set us free. But Lord, it's when we apply the truth, we allow your spirit to apply the truth and we turn to it and it sets us free. And so God, forgive us for idols, forgive us for things that would take us away from the peace that passes understanding. Give us new hearts, God, in this 2022 year and help us to love you more and more. Thank you, oh God. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Bert. Uh, I have another prayer topic here for us now. Uh, let's align our hearts to God spiritually. It's been a hard few years. Uh, many hoped that this past year would be a relief from 2020, but it seems to be continuing even now. So uh, be gentle with your heart. God is patient and gracious and kind, and he wants to lead you into a wholehearted life. God, he has a plan for you for these days ahead, and I encourage you to ask him, what's his plan for you spiritually these days? Uh, give him permission, maybe, to dismantle your assumptions and hear what God wants to do in you. Maybe there's some motive or attitude uh, that needs nurturing or attending to uh, so that it can take root and bear fruit. Maybe there's some habit or discipline that you shy away from. But God wants to take you there and show you the good beyond the difficulty and pain. Maybe there's some situation uh, that you're bitter towards or hurt by. Maybe it's a person. Uh, God wants to speak into these things. Even give God permission uh, to speak in his own time. Uh, maybe all at once right now. Maybe it'll be uh, slowly in these days ahead. Or he might leave it a mystery for you to discover uh, the life that he has for you. But let him speak to you uh, to these areas, starting right now. Give him time. Give him space. Tell him that you're willing. Uh, let our, let's align our hearts to God spiritually. Let's pray right now, and I'll close in prayer. God, we thank you that you're so good to us. God, we praise you that you have good things ahead of us. Would you help our hearts to be open to what you want to accomplish in us, God, that we would uh, be able to hear you in your time, that we would be open to what you want to do in us, God. Soften us where we've grown hard. Sensitize us, God, that we could hear you and see you, experience you uh, more and more. Help us to overcome uh, bitterness, God. Help us to overcome our hurts, that we could bring them to you and feel and experience your healing and your wholeness, Father. We give you our hearts. We give you this ear. Would you come and speak to us? In Jesus' name, amen. I'd also like to invite you to experience God's alignment relationally. God wants to do good things in us in relationships. In regards to the needs that we feel, we are created to relate. I don't know if you pay much attention to that, but in paradise, without sin, it wasn't good for Adam to just be there with God. We need people. How are you doing? How are your relational needs? Are you lonely right now? 
uh, I encourage you to begin to explore these feelings. How is your relationship with your spouse or your significant other? Or if you're single, how do you feel about that? Have you told these things to God? In your relationship with your children, your siblings, your parents, or your co-workers, how is your relationship with your peers and your friends? Do you feel like you have enough relationships? Is it overwhelming? Are you unsure of how to deal with these things? God wants to lead you here. He wants to fill you with life. He wants to equip you. Uh, but I wonder if we are sometimes waiting for, for help that we haven't asked for, and God wants to engage with us in relationship. Do you feel connected and satisfied in these areas? Praise God if, if so, that's awesome. Uh, but he also commanded us to ask him for what we need. And in paradise, the perfect unbroken communion with God our relationship with others would still need it. So tell God who's hurt you. Uh, what areas do you feel isolated or abandoned, misunderstood or opposed? And come and tell God how you're doing, what feels out of alignment with his plan for you. And after a time, uh, I'll close in prayer. But right now, let's pray. God, we come to you with our hurts, uh, with our disappointments, with our lack, God. Would you meet us in all these places, uh, that you would fulfill us? I think of how uh, Adam was provided for relationally by you, but I don't know how long he had to wait. Uh, but God, would you help us to wait on you, uh, to rest in you, Father, and that we would find uh, true community and life as we seek it with you. So come, God, would you build your church in us? and make us one. In Jesus' name, amen. Secondly, uh, for our relational alignment, uh, let's align ourselves to what God is calling us to. St. Francis of Assisi, he wrote this beautiful prayer, and I was introduced to it through this song called the Peace Prayer. Uh, but in one of the verses, it says, Lord, grant me to seek and to share, less to be consoled than to console less to be understood than to understand, less to be loved than to love. For it's in giving that we receive, and it's in pardoning that we're pardoned. It's in dying that we're born to eternal life. And he's getting at this very profound uh, truth and thing we can experience, that yes, we have these needs, but I think sometimes our needs are fulfilled in loving others. Maybe we feel disconnected, and we might find connection not in waiting, uh, but perhaps connection is to be found in connecting others, by reaching out, by loving them. So I, it's a, a funny tension that you're going to have to pray down. Uh, is this the thing where God wants you to lay down a nap and a wife will appear, or are you supposed to get out there and meet people? Uh, he has answers for you. He wants to lead you. So what is God calling you to relationally? Who needs your attention? Uh, what will you do? How, how are you going to give them this attention, this love, this care, this understanding? Um, 
is there something different needed now? Maybe it was fruitful for a time, but it needs to be pruned and grow in a new direction. Or maybe it's good and is still good and God is calling you to stay the course. These are all things for him to speak to you. Uh, so let's take some time and talk to God about the second half of the greatest commandment, to love those around us. And after just another few moments, I'll close. But let's align ourselves to what God is calling us to relationally. We thank you so much that you have good work for us to partner with you in, that we get to join you in this life of loving our neighbors. So God, would you help us to understand uh, who we're to love, and would you give us the courage, the heart, the steadfastness uh, to engage with them this year, that we would understand how we can love them, that we would have the courage to step out uh, and to connect with these, that we would be a source of love, of forgiveness, of understanding and acceptance, uh, just as you accepted us, God. Would we also seek them out and accept and love them? Help our hearts, Father, that we could be uh, like you, that we could look like you and speak like you and love like you, God. Give us the, uh, the capacity to love our neighbors well, that we would be in alignment with who you're calling us to love this year. So we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord, we've been praying together. I wanna to speak to you a message from 2 Kings chapter three. Let me introduce you to the first character. And I'm thinking about 2022, and we're gonna give a fairly pointed challenge to you in a moment. Joram, he is the king of Israel. Now I want you to remember at this point in history in 2 Kings, that Joram is in the north. It's Israel in the north, Judah in the south. He is a son of Ahab and Jezebel. And so that gives you an indication right away. 2 Kings 3.2 says, he did, he did evil in the eyes of the Lord, but not as his father and mother had done. He got rid of sacred stone, the sacred stone of Baal that his father had made. Nevertheless, it says, he clung to the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, which he had caused, which had caused Israel to commit. He did not turn away from them. And Jeroboam was known to have led Israel into idolatry and cultic practices. And so what happens is uh, this king, Joram, of the, of the north, he is now in serious conflict against the Moabites. So much so that he sets out with his army, uh, a huge conflict. Now this brings us to character number two in this telling, and it's Jehoshaphat. He's the king of Judah, which is in the south. He is a good king, faithful to the Lord, not a hundred percent. In fact, let me read verse seven. He also sent this message to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to fight against Moab? And Jehoshaphat says, I will go with you. I am as you are. Um, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. And so Jehoshaphat, who, who pleased the Lord, not 100%, but 
but please, the Lord says, I will go with you. And so they go and they decide to go through the desert of Edom. Now there's a dilemma that arises here in verse nine. After a roundabout march of seven days. Now understand they're going through a desert and we don't know exactly what that mean, means roundabout. Did they get lost? Uh, but several days in the desert and they had no water for themselves, no water for their animals. And now really we meet a third lesser character in this story. It's the king of Edom now joins with the two other kings. And so the king from the north, Israel, the king from the south, Jehoshaphat, and the king of Edom, and they are thirsting unto death. And so in verse 11, Jehoshaphat has the presence of mind to ask, is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire from the Lord from him? And so we come to a fourth character in our story, and it's Elisha. Elisha is in the vicinity, God's, God's man. Uh, he had served the prophet uh, Elijah. He was a godly prophet of Yahweh. And uh, it tells us, uh, Jehoshaphat says, the word of the Lord is with him. They recognized that he represented the Lord. So Elisha cooperates, but only because of his respect for Jehoshaphat. To Joram, he says, I would not look at you or even notice you. I mean, he's that blunt to say that he would have nothing to do with Joram. But on behalf of Jehoshaphat, because he sought the Lord, Elisha decided that he would help them. So it's interesting what happens in verse 15. Elisha calls for a minstrel. He calls for a harpist, probably a lyre in the day. And the instrumentalist plays, and while he plays, Elisha hears from the Lord. I, I just want us to pause and think about the power of music. Uh, the power of music, this God-given gift of music that quiets the mind and quiets the heart. There's all kinds of studies how music affects uh, babies in the crib and babies in the womb and uh, senior adults when they're going through suffering. So it, it appears that Elisha creates an atmosphere of prayer. He gets himself quiet. So he, he calls for an instrument to quiet his mind before the Lord. And this reminds me that if we don't get quiet this year when we're talking about prayer, if we don't get quiet, we're not going to hear from God. And I've been as guilty as many others, but uh, I'm not looking to them, I'm looking to me, of being busy and being so driven and such a doer and, and so other-minded that I don't pray. Lord, forgive me for that. I, I wanna be a person of prayer. And so I wanna be able to put it in park and spend time with God. Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. May God help us to be still. So Elisha, he hears from the Lord. So then what happens? We get the message that God gives to Elisha. Uh, this is what he says in verse 16. Make this valley full of ditches. 
that's the NIV and the NASB, it says make this valley full of trenches. Eugene Peterson's The Message says dig ditches all over this valley. So Elisha comes to them and says, start to dig ditches. You're here in this, in this valley. You're here in this desert valley, this wilderness valley. Start digging ditches because this valley, he says, is going to be filled with water and you, your cattle and your other animals will drink. And, and oh yeah, you're not going to see any rain. You're not going to hear any wind and you, you're not even going to know, going to know the source of the water. And in verse 18, Elisha just sort of punctuates this whole thing and says, this is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. He will also hand Moab over to you. And so here they're in a dangerous situation. These leaders are desperate. They do call out. They go to the right place. They go to the Lord. The Lord is the right place to go. That's important for me to hear. That's important for us to hear as a church. And it's important for you to hear at home. The Lord is the right place to go. When we hurt, when we laugh, when we cry, when we're joyful, when we're in the valleys, the Lord is the right place to go. This is an easy thing for the Lord. Um, so do you have the picture in mind of what's happening here? There are three armies. They're in the desert several days, no water for humans or animals. There's exhaustion and they receive an order, start digging trenches in this dry valley. Man, dry ground can be hard. And when you're exhausted and thirsty, that's when you feel the least like doing it. But what the outcome? Verse 20, it says the next morning, the land was filled with water, just as Elisha said that it would be from the direction of Eden, Edom, and uh, possibly what had happened, there was no rain or they saw no wind because all of that happened in the mountain and the water would have come rushing down. However, it happened, God supplied the water and there was lots of water to drink for the animals, for three armies. Plus, we come to character number four, which we've heard of a little bit, and it's the Moabites. This group of people that had rebelled, uh, they go way back in the history of Israel and, and they are really what this whole trek was all about. It tells us that the Moabites in verse 21 knew that there were three armies coming. It tells us that they got up early in the morning and it tells us that the sun was shining on the water. And so to the Moabites across the way, who, who knew that it was wilderness, who saw no rain or wind that would know or think they know that there was no water. All they could see was the sun shining on the water and they thought it was blood. It looked like blood. The illusion reddened by the soil, reddened by the sun. In verse 21, they thought that the three armies had turned on one another and slaughtered one another. And so what they say is we're going to go and plunder and take everything for ourselves. And what they do is they go, when they get there, they find out that they had not turned on one another. God had set ambush for them. And the Israel is victorious over the Moabites. God comes through. That's the story. Listen, there are lessons here for us today. For 2022, please listen. Please pass this on to somebody. These are important. Number one, God supplied a prophet 
They had to look for him. They had to inquire. God had Elisha ready. Elisha was ready and God was ready to give him the message, but they had to call out. Secondly, God sent water. They had to dig trenches to catch the water. Thirdly, God birthed the plan to confuse Moab, the Moabites, but they still had to rise up. If you read the rest of the chapter, they still had to rise up and they still had to fight them. Moabites, when they got there, expected to walk off with the plunder. And God often uses us in the equation of meeting our needs and overcoming the obstacles of life. Uh, for us today, we face desert valley experiences, don't we? And you may be in a desert valley experience right now. A valley, we know what they are. We build our houses in them between two hills, uh, between two mountains. They may not be as pronounced here as they were when Dawn and I lived in Vermont and, and we looked down in a particular val valley where we were and we could see dozens of miles down the valley with the beautiful green mountains of Vermont in between. That divider, the valleys, they mean something in our physical lives, but they've come to mean something in our spiritual lives. They often are used to represent our journey through life, those places between one experience to the other, times of rest to times of turmoil. Positive and negative valleys can be used. Wilderness valleys, they're not easy places to be in, and you may be in a wilderness valley right now. There's the valleys of temptation in our life. There's valleys of indecision where we're torn and we, we feel ripped apart and we need wisdom and we can't seem to get quiet enough like Elisha did. How about the wilderness valley of shattered dreams? What you thought, how difficult it is when we come to something and we, we wanted it so badly and it's ripped away from us, either because of the grief of loss, of even death that happens, sickness that happens, financial setback that happens, and we feel the frustration of dreams that are shattered. There's the wilderness valleys of hardship and brokenness and relationships. There's the wilderness valley that comes with leadership and trying to lead, lead your families, lead your organization, lead your business, uh, lead in ministry and the frustrations. King David talked about valleys. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he said, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Valleys, Israel was in a wilderness valley and the word of the Lord from Elisha, it comes and it says, you do this and I'll do this. You do this and I'll do this. In this case, he said, you dig ditches and I'll fill them. You dig, you dig trenches here in this dry, dusty, no water place. You dig ditches and I'll fill them. I want us to notice something. What would have happened if they hadn't dug those ditches? Uh, some have speculated that uh, there may have been an old riverbed that would run through the valley and it was long ago dried out. 
And when the water flowed, it would have just flowed right on by. God said, dig trenches, pools that will hold the water. You see, God was looking for a retainer for his provision. And he still is. He's looking for a provision for his, a retainer for his provision. The pattern of scripture is one of human participation with what God is doing. I mean, there's lots of illustrations where God does it. He created the world and we weren't part of that. But there's many times when God brings miracles, he brings answers. He takes people, men and women, not unlike us, even though from a very different time. He takes them through very difficult wilderness times. But he, he includes them in the equation. Uh, there are fish down there. Peter, you cast your net on the other side. God provided the fish. He knew where they were, but Peter had to cast the fish. There's healing for you, Naaman, but you're going to go have to dip in the Jordan seven times. Somehow this correlation of God having uh, men and women, human beings participate in what he does. It's the paradox of miracles. God doesn't need us, but he often includes us. And so Elisha said it. This is an easy thing. In the eyes of the Lord, he will also hand you over to mom. This was an easy thing for God. God doesn't need us, but God includes us. Oh, man, we could talk here for a long time when it comes to sharing our faith. God doesn't need us, but he includes us. He calls us to go into the harvest fields, to, to pray that the Lord would, would call out workers to his harvest fields. Can God do it? Of course he can. Can God do miracles? He does miracles today and he did then, but he includes us. God is still looking for retainers, for his provision, for participators, hearts that are willing to participate and it's gonna take faith. Can you imagine the instructions to the army? You're tired, they're, they're tired, they're thirsty, they're exhausted, they're filled with fear and they get the word, God's providing for us, now start digging. God's providing, but now start digging. See, we pray for deliverance so often, and we are going, well, God's not bringing it. Could it be that God just may be asking us to start digging ditches, to start digging a trench in order to prepare for his provision, to cooperate with his spirit? We pray for healing in a relationship. He may be asking us to dig a trench of connection with the person that we have been out of fellowship with. What trench or ditch, if you will, does God want you to dig in 2022? Uh, what step of obedience will be required before we will see the provision of God or we will be able to contain or retain it? Taking time for that difficult conversation before that healed relationship could be digging a ditch. As we do our part, God does his. Integrating that daily discipline in our life. Some of you have started out with some resolutions. I would just encourage myself and I would encourage you to connect those resolutions to God, our relationship with God. Say, God, help me with this area. Because obviously we make resolutions because we, we, we want to improve. We want to be, come all that God has called us to be. Let's do it 
with the strength that God provides with his spirit within us. You may need to dig a ditch of integrating a daily discipline. That may be the trench that you need to start digging before new power and courage begin to emerge in your life. How about taking an action step toward that dormant or seemingly deadened dream that you long ago gave up on? The, the dream of being fit or the dream of that ministry that God nudged your heart about years ago, possibly. Or how about that vocational change that you've avoided or starting a family or leading your family in a new direction? What about taking those steps of honesty? Maybe that's the trench that needs to be done. Taking new steps of honesty with a fellow believer, baby steps, to find that support and healing that comes with confession. James chapter 5, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. One trench that you may be being asked by God, and probably all of us will be, is one that I'm just going to simply call the daily grind. Maybe the ditch that we need to dig, our part in the equation, our participation, our cooperation with God's Holy Spirit is, is that daily grind. What is the daily grind? The daily grind, it's that daily responsibility. It's that Monday morning in our lives, often taxing, sometimes mundane, periodically painful, seldom glamorous, repeatedly exhausting time in our life, the daily grind, and God wants to insert new life into that as we uh, slug it out sometimes in the wilderness valleys, preparing for the provision of God, preparing for the provision of God. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in well-doing, for in due season, if you do not faint, you'll reap a harvest. The miracle of the harvest is often on the other side of the daily trench that God is calling us to dig. Was it easy for them? No, but God did it. And they were the recipients of grace because of it. Taking that step, how about this? Taking that step of repentance before we can move on to, to victory. That may be the trench that needs to be dug in 2022 is to go deep with God. This alignment, this turning to God, this being transformed by the renewing of our mind, turning ourselves to God's truth, turning away from the, the garbage that can so easily, the, the scheming enemy can bring into our lives, putting on that armor as Paul speaks of in Ephesians. I get this morning, as I come close to the closing, I get this morning that this is a bit conceptual. There may be some, and my prayer is not, but there may be some you're like, I don't get this. I get it. I get that, I mean, because it's a bit conceptual. What, what does it mean, the concept of, of digging a trench? Well, go back to the story. God asked them to do something and their cooperation with him was part of the whole of what God was going and did accomplish. But I'll tell you what, I believe it is tangible. When we slow down enough to say, God, here I am, 
You know the wilderness that I'm in. You know my needs. You know my relationships. You know my emotions. You know where I am at spiritually. You know that sin that's connected to my life and I can't say no to it. And I've got habits, ungodly habits that need to be addressed in my life. You know my finances. You know my kids. You know my parents. You know what I'm going through. You may be in that wilderness right now and God is calling us to something. He's saying, I've got some trenches for you because I want to fill them. If you're going to be able to retain what I'm about to bring to you, if you cooperate with me, I will do great thing. What trench or ditch does God want you to dig in 2022 to retain the blessing that he desires to pour out in your life? What step of obedience will you take to become a participant in God's provision for your life? Listen, thank you for being with us today. This is powerful for us. We have prayed together. We have worshiped together. What a joy that is. But now we come to a really important time. We can just listen to these as simple words, or we can say, I have been rubbing shoulders with the speaking word of God, and he can use the telling of this simple moment in in 2 Kings chapter 3, when God did a marvelous thing. And it can change us. It can change the trajectory of the year that is ahead of us. We may be in the valley. We may be in the wilderness. We may be going through the difficult time, but we are not destroyed because God wants to go with us and he wants to do new things in us. And that's my prayer for you that God will do new things in us. I'm going to pray. We've prayed quite a bit here, but I'm going to pray again. And I'd love for you to bow. And I want you to think along with me. Say, God, I'm going to pray for us, but just say, God, what are you asking me to do? How are you asking me to participate? Here's my need. The Bible says, cast your cares upon the Lord. Um, Here's my need, God. Uh, It says, don't be anxious about anything, but everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known. Here's my request, God. Here's my thanksgiving. Here's my supplications. Here's my petitions. Lord, that relationship is broken. Lord, we need your provision in in our financial health, our emotional health. We're wrecked by so many things. There's loneliness and there's grief and there's addictions and there's, there's just all this tidal wave of anxiety. God, help us to find your peace in the midst of it. And God just may come in and say, I have the answer. This isn't too hard for me, but I've got a ditch for you to dig. I've got a trench for you to dig. I I want you to retain the, the blessings that I have for you. I have a participation for you. Have courage to do it. Let's bow. So God, we need you. We're in tough times. We are in urgent times. There are some who do feel like fainting. They feel like giving up. There are some, and we hear about more every day, who are giving up on on their marriages. Some who are giving up on their families. Some who have become discouraged in ministry. Uh, Some who have broken relationship and broken fellowship with others. Lord, we, we realize how hurting we are. But God, we're so glad that when we have gone the roundabout way through the desert of 
Edoms in our life and we find ourselves in that thirsting place that we can call out to you and that you have provision for us. But God, so often you call us to participate. God, show us what it is that we would do. And maybe it's the daily grind. Maybe it's the digging in with the mundane, the hard, the, the exhausting, confusing stuff of the day. But as we do not give up, as we do not faint, you have the provision, you have the harvest for us. You promised us this. And so, God, we need you. We need you. We need you. And so I pray that you would reveal right now to those who are watching as they call out to you, what is it that you're calling us to do? What part do we play? That hurting, broken relationship, that shattered dream, Lord, what is, what is one courageous step that you would call us to make? And when we take one step, so often you go the distance with, with dozens of steps beyond. And that's what you did for them then, and that's what you can do for us now. How we need you, Lord. We give you praise. Amen. Amen. Boy, share this with somebody and uh, start to, to walk in this. And let's believe God for good things. Let me give you our benediction. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Praise the Lord. 